Well, I tell you what, uh, glad you're here today, and we're, we're talking today in the final talk of a series we've been doing on ultimately our mission and the practices of the church and, and what it looks like to, to connect and share, and today we're, we're landing on this subject of, of serving. And Tim just prayed it, but Jesus is the ultimate servant, and he came and he, he served, with, served us by laying down his life. You know, we get to worship him like that freely and just in surrender. What a powerful opportunity to rent this school and make that happen. I, I just, I count it all joy. Well, get this, Ephesians 4 kind of gives us this incredible challenge and it says this in verse 11 through 16, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's a high standard. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. Like that's our, our job is to do the work, the hard work, so that we could be full of love. Like, and the others could be filled with his love. So we get to be these people, right? Growth track is this opportunity where we can bring everybody to the same spot, whether we've been here for a long time and we're realigning our mindset with, oh yeah, that's what we're doing as a church, or whether we're being introduced to that's how Open Life does this thing called church. Welcome. I mean, we're all going to land at the same place. And, and that ultimately is communicated here to be people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And maybe today you're the, the people being served, right? But there's this challenge that we're to equip you to be the people leading people, right? The people serving people. And that's what we're looking at today. Patrick Lenzioni said in an interview I was listening to, probably on like the Entree Leadership podcast. I'm a, anybody else a podcast junkie? Like seriously, that's how I do lawn work. Ear, you know, headphones, download a bunch of podcasts and grow as I make things stop growing because usually all I'm doing is weeding. Preen does not work in my garden. Anyway, uh, so I'm, you know, pulling weeds and growing and listening to podcasts. And Patrick Lenziani, an author, says that, that we should stop using the term servant leadership, which is interesting because that's a, that's a term you hear a lot, servant leadership. And his premise is serving is leadership. It's not servant leadership. Serving is leadership. In fact, the ultimate leader, Jesus, demonstrated this very fact that we're put in a place where we can serve. Our big idea today is I commit to serving God and each other. 
And it's said of Jesus in Mark 10, 45. He's the one who said it, actually. He says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. And we're three weeks away from Easter, this incredible celebration of that very fact that he gave his life for all of us, not just for us, for every single person in this community and world. So we have this opportunity to, to just worship what he has done and, and glorifying what he has done, but at the same time allow God's heart to get into us. So our mindset shifts and we begin to put others above ourselves and follow in his example and lay our lives down to elevate the cause of others even before our own. When that happens, you're so aware of it. Just when that shift occurs and you're like, man, usually I would choose me here, but I'm going to choose them, whoever they are. I'm going to lay down my life and I just pray that our eyes could be those that are open and our hearts could be those that are aware and we could become hyper aware ultimately that when we give, our life is greater. When we give of ourselves and we serve others, that it elevates our, our life. I mean, you discover that on the other side of this. And that's why our first action ultimately today, we're going to look at two as we have every week. You can fill in the blanks because I just said them ultimately, but our action is serve God. The first thing we do is, is serve God. And ultimately, we got to realize that serving God is serving people. You can read throughout Scripture where it says, like, even some have entertained angels unaware just by serving people. Like, that's what we have the opportunity to do is, is find ways to serve people. And in doing that, we're serving God. Pure, unconditional, nothing needed in return service to God. Ephesians 6, 7 says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. See, so we can trick ourselves into thinking we're serving people, but what if we're aware that we're actually serving God? I remember the first time that uh, I did solo ministry as a youth pastor. I was brand new. I had never done a hospital visitation by myself. And I may have told this story before, so some of you are like, I've heard this, but it illustrates this to me so well that I'm going to share it for those who haven't heard it. Uh, I was given a, you know, we got a prayer request or a call that, that uh, one of the students' mothers who had MS, was having a real tough bout and was in a, the uh, intensive care unit at a hospital in Spokane where I just became a youth pastor. And I'd gone with our senior pastor on a um, hospital visitation and just, you know, I'd studied ministry and had this, actually had this little black book that had verses in it for certain scenarios in the hospital. And I was that noob, you know, I was a total newbie going in, going, I'm looking on my bookshelf and I'm grabbing the little black book for hospital visitations and I'm on my way there. And I'm like studying up in the car probably, which was distracted driving and dangerous. But in Spokane, there's nobody else on the road. So I'm driving downtown to the, the hospitals. And I remember I was feeling nervous, but at the same time feeling like, a hero. 
And I was going in there, and uh, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and something awesome is going to happen, you know? I'm a pastor, and I'm just going, I'm going to come into that room, and there's going to be people who are concerned and worried, and like, I know how to pray out loud and pray good, and I'm going to bring comfort to everybody in that room. And, and people are going to be, in fact, that mom is going to be like, I'm so proud of my daughter for being involved in this church because, like, he comes and prays when we're in need, you know? So I was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is game time. This is a new experience. And I walk into there, and, and I remember the concern on the chaplain's face when I get into the ICU. You, you want me to come with you? I was like, I got this, bro. You know, I'm just like, this is, this is game time. You kidding? They need me, you know, and I'm, I'm going in there and, and he goes, okay, well, here, here she is. And he opens up the curtain in the corner of ICU and closes it behind me. And I'm one-on-one with an unresponsive mother. There's no family, no audience for my prayer. And I feel deep conviction instantly that my heart was in a wrong space on my way there. I was. Instantly, the Holy Spirit was going, there's no audience. Nobody's going to hear this prayer. The mom doesn't interact. She's unconscious. It's just me and the Lord in this room. And I was broken. And I just like felt that whisper, this is real ministry. It's not the show. It's not the people in the room. It's not the pat on the back, thank you for praying. Thank you for showing up. No, it's just the business of, Lord, touch this woman and help her live. It was growth in this way. I was serving God and God alone. And that's why I was there. That was for me. I wish I could say I learned my lesson that day, you know. I did learn a lesson, but I've dealt with that over and over again in the course of ministry and wrestled with this factor of, man, I had the wrong view of serving God. And, and He has a way of bringing us into right perspective. Like, what's your perspective of serving God? It's just... That's a challenge to us. I think we don't quite understand the depth of what we do. I, I honestly, and it's not fluff and it's not frill and it's not a convincing effort, but let's just take a few different areas of serving the church. Serving on the kids' life team is not, I mean, it's more than babysitting. It's not babysitting. It's more than baby. It's literal ministry, right? Here's how it un, unpacks. It's like, especially in a church that values giving respite to foster families. It like even takes on a heightened purpose. That we could give an hour and 10 minutes of rest to a family that's been 24-7 serving their child is like a gift to a parent. More than that, we're literally loving them as Jesus would love and say, come, let the children come to me. 
We're literally showing them the fun and joy and life that's in a relationship with Jesus and, and trying to provide environments and that, that are really tailored for, for each child and considering for those who even have needs above and beyond others, what can we do for, for this child to be able to experience Jesus on Sunday and for those parents to be able to on the, the weeks they're not serving, receive in an undistracted environment. Like, that's the objective. That's the goal. And, and it's way more than childcare. It's way more than just a nursery or preschool or elementary. It's like literally raising up little disciples that can change their world. And when we view it as less than it really is, like serving God Himself, we miss the point. How about hospitality? I mean, it's more than, than just opening a door. It's more than a smile and a shake of the hand. Serving on a hospitality team is the first impression of the church. Like, it's the first time somebody will experience the grace or mercy of God, potentially, in years. Did you know that the average person walks through the door of a church or is at least willing to respond to an invitation to walk through the door of a church once every seven years, according to the research by Ed Stetzer's organization, Lifeway Research. Once every seven years. So when we serve in an aspect or we say hello to somebody as they walk through the door, that could be the one time that God has nudged their spirit to get on Google or they drove by an A-board and saw a church and they pull in. And that greeter and then that person who hands a worship guide and the kids check in and how good the coffee is. And you know what I'm saying? Like all these pieces are the first impression way before we ever open up the Bible and some crazy guy gets up here and tells stories and gets emotional, right? It's like all those pieces are the extension of Jesus' love before we actually get to the meat of Scripture. So you are such an extension of the Lord as a hospitality. You're not just saying hello and smiling and saying thanks for coming. It's, it, there's no off weeks. It's like it could be any week. Anyway, just thought. <laughs> Sir, what about this one? Production team. Serving on production team, like like if you're the media person, I see Danny back there at the computer today. The media person loves to be invisible usually, right? Because the only, only time you actually look at the person uh, is when they don't get the words right on the screen. Isn't that true? You're like, oh, where's that verse? Did Dave just make up those words? What is he doing? You know? And so every once in a while you do get a curveball. But it's, uh, it's one of those interesting roles, but it's way more than just words on a screen. It's way more important than that because we don't want people to feel that they forgot something if they didn't bring a Bible with them. In fact, we'll always put the verses on the screen. So it's important that somebody there is following along. We don't want you to be lost when we're singing worship. We want to get the words up there in time for you to, to follow along with the words. You know, we, don't, we want to, to be the visual expression of what is happening in the room and not distract you. 
So it's very important that we're in sync. And yeah, during worship, you have to have a musical awareness to figure out, oh, this is a verse. Oh, this is a bridge. This is a chorus. Where are we? But it's more than just operating a computer. You're serving God. You getting where we're going here? I'll do one more. Uh, set up and tear down. Way more than a chair. Way more than a chair, especially when we're a mobile church. We roll in. This is a blank canvas, right? We brought a bunch of containers off of a 24-foot trailer that was pulled by somebody's that had a large enough truck to pull 10,000 pounds, and today being Rick, and, you know, unload all this stuff into the, the church, battle the traffic when we're tearing it down, you know, but we set all the chairs and, and, and the walls and the kids' spaces and, and get all this set, the signage so people know where to go. It's way more than just breaking a sweat on Sundays to get church ready. It's preparing the way for somebody to experience Jesus. It's putting up a, a wall so that when somebody walks in late, it's a little less distracting. It's putting up lights so we can see, and not only for you to see, but when we put this message online before tomorrow night, somebody else can see that was out of town because of a sport or must have been a really important reason to not be a church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? It wasn't weeds. I'd be in my backyard for days if that were the case. Like, if you're not just performing a task, you're serving God. And I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we see it as a task, and it's like, I need a season off the task. But what we're taking is a season off of serving God. And we need this challenge within us. How can I grow in the area of serving God? Where am I at on the scale of serving the mission of God's bride, the church, the family of God, in the community? I'm called to be a radiant example of His love in the city, how can I do this? Serving people, which leads us to action too. We need to serve each other. Students in the room that were at the one-day conference yesterday are like, again, I'm hearing this so much. You could probably get up here and teach it. Anybody want to? Right? Okay, no? Okay. Because uh, I shared a talk with them about with some of these elements last night. But just looking at God's heart of service, it, I think it's really captured in, in Philippians 2, 3 through 4, when they said, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests. Take an interest in others, too. God didn't start the church so that you could be fed. <laughs> Might step on somebody's toes, but that's one of my least favorite phrases ever to hear. Just me personally, it's a pet peeve. I'm just, I don't want to come so I can be fed, right? That's not why God started the church. God started the church so that those who wandered away and are lost could be saved, and we could be equipped to go save them. So we have this opportunity to gather and be inspired and equipped to go out and do what God has for us to do. 
and that is to love each other and serve each other. That's why we give away a love does book, not a love did book. Like we get to go do this thing called loving the world around us, and we want to equip you to do it. And yeah, there are seasons where we have to receive. That's not what I'm saying, is that it's not, I'm not saying it's okay to receive for a season, but there's opportunity to serve always around us and not just feed ourselves. We could become fat. If you're a sponge that's only soaking up and not wringing out, it becomes mildewy, right? So we need to be utilized like God's filling us so we can be of service. God gave us the word and prayer to help us feed ourselves. And now, more accessible than ever, we can always have the Bible with us. We can open up version. Bam! I'm going to do my devotions today. Verse of the day, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, right? It's like, I just got checked off for, for today. This is my streak. 64 days. Some of you are dominating me in your streak, but I missed a day this year. I only have 11 perfect weeks. Anyway, uh, you look at this and you go, how in the world could we say we don't have time for God's Word and to grow it personally, like feed ourselves, when it's accessible in a second? How can we go and say, I didn't have enough time to pray today? We're too busy not to pray. The world needs us to pray around us. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> There's one to put on your mirror in the morning. Man, I just want to quote Galatians 6.2 every day. You're not that important. Okay, let's go. Let's do this because we need to be servants of others. And consider them before ourselves. We need to grow the church because it'll grow more servants, right? It'll equip more people to make a difference in the community around us. Well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we keep this thing genuine as we're growing and, and personal and, and where we're caring for each other? And, and ultimately, it comes down to the teams you serve on and the tables you sit at. What does that mean? We said that we, we grow around stages and, and, and tables, but, but what, is that, what does that ultimately look like when we're saying teams? Well, when you're on a, a team, like a worship team, that you're going to grow together. You're going to do ministry alongside one another, and, and you're going to get to know one another, and when somebody has needs, you're going to hear about it in conversation while you're setting up or tearing down, and you're going to be able to pray for one another. When you're on the setup and teardown team, you're, we're talking and we're rolling cables or putting up lights or, or, or rolling containers somewhere. We're having conversations. We're finding out, oh, man, how's that going? And, and how's, how's your summer going? And, oh, yeah. and we're just having, it feels like summer, it's spring. Yeah. <laughs> How are your plans for the summer going? Uh, we were talking, oh, your daughter got engaged, you know, having a conversation with Ed. You're going to be broke soon. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so we're having these conversations and, and doing life with one another because we're serving on teams. And so we can take up each other's burdens and celebrate with one another and, and, 
and pause every once in a while and, and have real conversations with one another when we serve together. So the teams you serve on allow you to have that like community God has in place for us to serve each other. But also, because we don't all have that opportunity yet, we, we need other places. We need groups to be a part of. So that we, we just refer to that as like tables to sit around because often you're, you have honest conversations while, while sharing a meal or a, or a beverage with each other and you're sitting there just dialoguing and sharing life and you're able to say, man, you're moving. That's crazy. You're selling your house and you have to be out and you can't find an apartment. Let's pray. Right? Not pointing anybody else. Oh, no, you know, well, you're crazy to sell your house. What are you thinking? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's easy to sell, hard to buy, right? And you just pray, or man, we, we just put an offer on, and, you know, or man, I think I'm going to have to switch jobs, or oh, this is a challenge. Life has taken us in this direction. That, those conversations happen at groups, ultimately, and, and it might be a, a, a group that is official, a church group, or it might be just a neighbor you invite over for a meal, and, and you make it consistent, and all of a sudden it turns into life on life, and you're serving each other. But if you pause and pray for one another, all of a sudden this powerful thing happens. There's all kinds of groups happening, and, and as we said at the beginning of this series, we want to be able to, if you have a group on your heart, and you're like, you've been a part of a group, you kind of experience the culture of groups, we want we want to empower our members to lead groups, and how do we do that? And, and just express your interest. Find a group to be a part of. If you're home during the day, there's a lady group, ladies group this Thursday morning. You know, it's like, which one's meeting? Where, where do you fit? Where can you find something? A, a team to serve on? A group to be a part of? I think of the take them a meal group, which is really just a ministry to bring meals to those in a season of need. Maybe they've had a surgery, a baby, took in a new foster child. Whatever the season is where somebody expresses the need for a meal. How awesome is that to be able to bring them a meal? And this is one of the groups that exists out there is just kind of on hold until there's a need, right? And uh, But that's like how we can serve one another? How easy is that? Again, we're serving God, but if you've ever been the recipient of meals in a season where, like, that's just the thing you're letting go, <laughs> how amazing is that gift? Oh, but I don't know the people, and I'm going to show up to some stranger's home with food. Absolutely. That they don't care. <laughs> You're blessing them, right? If you know that the, if we've coordinated it, they're a part of the church. You're like, but I've never seen them before. All the time that happens. That's like, like, oh, I met this person. How'd you meet them? I took them a meal. Really? That is hilarious to hear people introduce themselves to each other that have been here for years. It's just funny. But it, it happens all the time. It's one of the beautiful things God calls us to do. We can make this happen. I challenge the students of this, and there's some data that has been released. There's this thing called the Healthy Youth Survey that kids took last year, sixth graders, eighth graders, 10th graders, and 12th graders. They could opt out or opt in. And in the Sumner Bonnie Lake School District, like 80-some percent of the students took it, so the, the accuracy of their responses on all kinds of subjects are pretty high. And 
They survey like drug use, suicide, depression, um, uh, sexual activity, just all kinds of stuff that would scare you to know the real stats on. Trust me. And, uh, and one of the stats that really just shocked everybody was how high the anxiety and depression is in, in our students' lives. And the data talking about who they go to for advice or who they, you know, trust in is, is, is kind of scary because as a parent, you're kind of going down the list the older they go and you want to be there for your kids, but they're going to their peers. You're like, man, who are the peers then? I need to know their peers because that's who they're going to for input and advice. And, and that's kind of scary. So we're in this brainstorming session this week about, I was at the table talking about depression stats and, and the uh, police chief of Sumner said, you know, it's, this is not just students. These stats carry right into adulthood and we're responding weekly to suicide in Sumner. And the police chief of Bonnie Lake was like us in, in Bonnie Lake too. And I'm just going, wow. We can't just say to people, I'm praying for you. You're going to make it. Love you. We need to get in the mess and say, we're going to get through this. Not you can do it. I don't think Jesus modeled that. He got right in the business, right? And was like, we got this. I don't know the answers. I need the wisdom of God. I need his eyes and ears and mind. Let's walk through this together. And it's messy. And, it, and we don't know all the answers. But there is light and hope at the end of the tunnel. So when we realize life is overwhelming, but we have found the way to true life and peace of mind, hope in a growing relationship with Jesus, and we get to serve each other to that end. How awesome is this thing we get to do called life? It's not easy. But that's why God gave us each other. This is our awkward little messy family. Isn't that fun? And we're always welcoming new people in, which just makes it even greater. Matthew 9.38 says, Pray to the Lord, who's in charge of the harvest. Ask Him to send more workers into His fields. What does that have to do with anything? Well, here's the goal. I mean, ultimately, that we would be sent out from here. Like, right, he brought us here to be equipped so we could be sent out from here. And we're constantly praying, God, raise up workers. Another word for serving is work in Scripture, right? Raise up the workers of the faith because our world around us is desperate for it. Scary stat all throughout the ages, 9% of all the students say they have nobody to talk to. I bet the stat for adults is higher if we took that survey. Nobody to share how painful it really is. Nobody to share to what battle they're really going through. That's miserable. And so we have a genuine culture that allows us to do that. 
where we could just open up our lives, open life, church, right? But if we hoard that and we don't raise ourselves up to serve this community and welcome in new people every week, we're missing the mark. Okay, our goal, I'm going to land this thing. Our goal is that every member finds a place to serve once a month. Growth track is an on-ramp to serve, right? And we want every member of this church to be able to find a place to serve once a month. In the area, if you missed last week, oh shoot, I forgot to bring those booklets. Crud! Anyway, it's online. But if you missed last week, we want... To, to be able to help you find your spiritual gift and your, and your, even your, we did a disc profile, a little quick one, where you could find out your personality and how you're wired so that you could find a right place to serve. Not a square block and a round hole, but a fitting place to serve. Like, man, where does my gifts work? Oh, I'm, I like to write. Man, let's figure out how to get you writing. I love to take pictures. Let's get some new photos in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I love computers. Ding, 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 check in or wherever. I don't know. You know, it's just like, how do we do this? How do we help people find a place to serve once a month? Our systems are set up so that everybody can do something so that nobody has to do everything. And now we've got incredible software. It's just like this, you know, we got the Bible on our phone. Like we can schedule people and they can say, oh, my preferred date is this. And it's really easy to find a place to serve. My challenge would be that we all find our space. We all give of ourselves in some little way so that we can all invite our neighbors, handle the growth that occurs when we do that. And I just feel we're in this season. We're in this season where God is pouring out opportunity to love people. And I don't know, the stats are still like all over the map. But if you take the state of Washington, 84 of every 100 people don't know Jesus. They're not walking in a relationship with Jesus. We got a lot of work to do. Chances are eight out of every 10 neighbors that you live next to need Jesus. And we need to be able to invite them in to hear about him. And we need to go and invite them over for a meal to just live out this thing called the love of God in front of the world around us. Our action point today is recommit to serving. And some of you are like, well, I've never committed to serving. Well, then that's your first step, right? But it, it, otherwise, it's just like if you've been serving, even just, yeah, I'm still going to, I'm not, this isn't the last day. I'm going to keep going, right? It's serve. We're going to serve. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve each other. And, and one, of, one of the first steps is just to say, I'm ready to serve. And then the next step is respond to your email. Because we'll email you and say, okay, let's get you shadowing somebody. Our goal is always to walk through like the, the, the steps of teaching somebody how to serve. It's like, man, that's awesome. Here's a way to serve. Here's a way to serve. Here's a way to serve. Let's, let's get you plugged in with somebody, shadow them, and then we'll toss you into the, the, the fire with somebody else to where you can uh, learn how to do this thing called smile and welcome. Thanks for coming. Animal worship guide or whatever the role is, making coffee. That's a real special anointing it takes to do that here, but just kidding. April 21st is Easter. Statistics say 
on Easter, you double in size. Like, for us then, that means we're going to have 300 people here on Easter. That could be hard. That's a lot of people. And to facilitate that, we need you. We need your smiling face, but not just on Easter. We need it once a month all year around, which is what our target is to have people serve once a month, or if you're maybe on a worship team, you maybe do, do, do twice a month. We want to equip you to serve. That's even here at church. There's ways to be equipped outside the church too, and we'll help you get plugged in where you're wired to get plugged in. So what does that mean? Our action point this whole series, you're sitting on it, but if you grabbed it, it's on your lap or on the floor, but it's that membership card. It's that card that kind of walks through. When you say, I'm going to be a member and I want to lead, you know, our, our, we let members lead teams. We let anybody serve, right? If you just want to volunteer, that's awesome. But boy, if you want to lead a small group or you want to lead a team, we're going to make sure we're completely aligned, right? And we're a member. What does a member look like? Well, a member is both participation and proclamation, not just one or the other. And, uh, and so that's what this document walks out. Well, I believe in the mission of this church. Uh, I will commit to building the cultures out. I will commit to connecting with God and each other. You know, I'm going to go from connecting at a level of, on scale one to ten from two. I'm going to, man, maybe hopefully by the end of the year I've moved to three. I'm going to actually open the Bible and read the verse of the day. <laughs> you know, that's the first step. What's the first step? We give you some examples of what that looks like. I'm going to commit to serving God and each other. We give you some examples today, ultimately, of what that looks like. I'm going to develop a servant's heart understanding it's God and, and not just people, but serving God is serving people. I'm going to use my gifts and talents in the church. I'm going to, I'm going to be equipped to serve. I'm not just pushed into service. And I'm going to commit to sharing in fact, we're not even going to bring the team up to do like a closing talk. Usually every week we'll, we'll do a giving talk and we'll say, pull out that giving envelope or there's ways to give on the screen. Um, but we're going to do it all at once here in a moment because it's donut day. Anybody ready for a donut? Anyway, so uh, what that means is we want to get to know one another. And this membership card, your connect card, that giving envelope, these are all important pieces every week, but specifically it's the last week we're going to hit on this membership card because of the growth track series. But boy, if you're, if you're saying this is home, this, I'm a part of this church body, and I'm going to connect, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to share, check those boxes and drop that card in the white bucket. If you were here last week and you didn't let us know what your spiritual gifts are or your disc profile, jot that on there to let us know because we want to put you in a place of service that fits. We're also going to send out an email to everybody who's been here during the service, this series, and make sure you're serving in the right spot because we believe there's opportunity. God's getting ready to touch people with His heart in this community and we're going to continue to grow. And we want to be able to facilitate that through you. Those who are serving, those who are connecting with God and each other, those who are sharing their lives with God and each other. 
we have an incredible future. And God is growing us, stretching us. We can't wait to do it together. Check that box of uh, uh, whatever box on the back of the Connect card fits. I'm going to pray for you. You've got three things you're like juggling in your hand right now going, Thad, I'm confused. I got this membership thing. Check the boxes if it fits. Put it in the white bucket. Connect card. Probably already filled that out. Put it in the white bucket. Giving envelope if you did that or if you're giving online, do that. But I'm going to pray and close. And then we're going to hang out and eat donuts. And if you have questions, ask them. Ask us. Ask somebody with that uh, I can help lanyard on if anybody's wearing those. John's wearing one. See that? Uh, but we're going to have some donuts and hang out for 10 minutes and you can get the kids or wait and get the kids at 1110, whatever fits. But we want to hang out, get to know you, say welcome to those who are guests. Uh, this may have been overwhelming for you today. This is like a lot of info. He's like, well, he wants me to serve. I just showed up for the first time. No. Get to know the church first and then we'll get you plugged in. But Lord... I thank you that someone served me when I walked through the door of a church in 1993. I walked in a broken, rock-bottom moment of my life. And an usher walked over and saw that I was wrecked that day. And asked how I was doing. I was just another person, but they cared enough and understood they were serving God and me. And my life was changed because of that love. And God, I pray that the same thing would be happening in the, uh, the weeks today, the weeks to come, the years to come, that we would be a people who are there and welcoming and greeting and hospitable and, and loving everyone who is in this community but really walks in to grow their relationship with you or maybe discover what a relationship with you looks like. God, if we're in this room and we've yet to say yes to Jesus, we've yet to choose to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior and really identify that you went to the cross and died for us and rose three days later so we could have life now and purpose now, but life eternally. God, if, no, if they haven't crossed that line of faith, I pray that right now you would just say, Jesus, come into my life. I choose to follow you. And I'm going to say yes and serve others in the same grace that you've given me. Lord, I just, what an opportunity we have to live for you a life of purpose that is fulfilled by serving one another. And I thank you for this entire growth track series and the opportunity to just reconnect with your purposes for the church. And be able to push forward with a fresh influx of passionate people, loving people helping each other grow in our relationship with you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.